0: It's the Angry Diva. It's the Angry Divas Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Diva. The Bell of Boston. The Angry Divas Radio Show. This has been another rich house production. This has been another. House production, the Angry Divas radio show. In live weekday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on radio.com Check out our website www.angrydivas.com. That's D-E-V-A. Get it right, folks. This has been another bitch house production, the the Angry Divas radio show. The Bella Fossa, the angry, the, angry, the, the of fire and this is our jupiter realm show we're going to talk about powerful biblical queens and of course we're going to touch on naomi and ruth today um but you all know how we do this thing we come to you live during the weekdays that's well it's monday through friday but monday we come in here on 2 p.m eastern standard time and wednesday through friday it's 12 p.m all the way live Make sure you check us out. You can check out our website. That's www.angrydivas.com. That's D-E-V-A-S. Get it right, boo. And you can check out, you know, our show links. You can check out our classes. We have so many things going on in all of divination. Um, i wanted to prepare you, sisters, for a rare treat. I have the protege and best friend of Octavia Estelle Butler coming in the house. Yes, I do. She is a phenomenal woman, phenomenal writer, and just a phenomenal person, chrome spirit, period. Um, and so next week we are, of course, going to be talking a lot about the sacred order of the scribe. We're going to talk about the black scribe. We're going to talk about our origins, some of our matriarchal origins, and how we ended up where we are. Something that you all know a lot about when it comes to me is, of course, you know I am the Angry Diva. Can't nobody do this shit like I do it? The Angry Diva Nation, Angry Diva's realm, is giving you all direct access to my own internal dark divine masculine. It's a very masculine energy. The name is masculine. The spirits who guide and guard and teach and reach through Angry Divas are indeed masculine, and they are very powerful dark masculine entities and energies that inspire me um, and that inspired me to create this. This was an excellent display and way of reconnecting to the sacred masculine, um, especially internal. We know all about, we hear all about connecting to the sacred masculine in the male form. So connecting to some man, whether it's religiously or spiritually or sexually or whatever the means is emotionally. But when it comes to connecting to your own internal divine masculine frequency, that's not something everybody talks about. And I have been teaching on this, of course, for the duration of, you know, my time here, my tenure as a teacher of the occult, of the dark arts, and this as being a goddess myself, the living goddess. And uh, I've taught on it from many different perspectives, but the thing that has really driven the message home has not just been my teachings or, you know, what I show, what I say, but who I am and what I do in this Angry Diva realm. So you all have seen fully the dark, divine, masculine in me. I have not let you see, though. I've let you see the deva or the masculine. I've not let you see the devi or the feminine. I've been very careful to keep that stuff out of here. Um, And, you know, every now and again we'll touch on something a little more in the feminine element and realm. You know, I teach on all kinds of things. I don't teach on just any one thing because I'm not just one entity. There's no one way to be or whatever in my view and in how I live my life and how I engage other people. But there are times when we do have to polarize ourselves. We do. Everything in this world is ruled by polarity. If you don't like it, you can lump it. Get over it. That's just the way it is. Everything is run via polarity. So just like you have the day and the night, you have hot and cold, you have the sun, you have the moon, you have the woman, you got the man. We have all of these examples, I'll say, from nature on that we are living in a bipolar existential reality. Y'all hear bipolar and you think about a mental frequency that is shifted or a mental imbalance. But I'm just talking about bi as it pertains to two. Bi means two, biannual, bisexual, bipolar, two poles, two sexuality, two different periods in time. We're talking about two periods in the year, biannual, first half and the last. We are talking about two when we deal with this word bi. Um, and what, or at least, that's what I'm talking about here. (laughs) Right here, right now, I am talking about bi, and as it pertains to the energy of two, And that's what we're going to focus on for what we're talking about today. So living in a bipolar existential reality means for us that we have Internally, both the masculine and the feminine, and we, especially as bearers of the divine womb, have access to this because, hell, we got the womb, baby. The woman is the only whole and complete being that is walking around on the planet. Everybody else is as whole as they're gonna be, but because they lack that female principle, that first principle, the womb, as the first cause, because they lack it, especially talking about men, right, the people, the male population, does not have access to the womb. They don't have a womb. Um, As much as, you know, we've got all of these progressive surgeries and such going to transition a man into a woman, they still are not complete and whole expressions of the physical representation of what it means to be female or feminine. And what we are seeing on the planet is the realization that wholeness is embodied and encapsulated in the female form. And we're seeing people seeking to be made whole, to pull back the pieces and the fragments and the bits of themselves that either they've had to reject because it didn't fit within the bipolar existential reality of male and female or whatever the case might be. And we're seeing this happen again and again and again. And I think in some ways it's just absolutely beautiful and brilliant. I really do. I think it's beautiful. I think it's brilliant. I think it's awesome. And the more that I see especially women looking to harmonize with their own internal masculine and feminine frequency – Man, the better I see the world getting ready to turn, the greater I see the divine feminine making her presence known among her people, and the greater harmony we will see return to the planet as well. It really is going to take for women to get up and get it together. We're going to have to stop blaming everybody. you going to have to stop blaming men. You're going to have to stop blaming men. Now, the children of lesser gods can blame men. Because they will never be God, and that's okay. But those of you who are calling yourself after being God, you're called to a higher, standard and a higher account as well. Because God is God all by God's self. So that means that God is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, on and on and on. And these are things that we no longer aspire to be. We no longer ascribe those attributes to ourselves. To do so is seen in this patriarchal world culture as being arrogant or blasphemous even. Oh, there's a lot of people that hate angry divas and talk shit about me because I know who I am, and I am not ashamed to say it. They got a problem with that. They don't like it because a black woman who isn't pretending we're all the same, a black woman who knows her stuff, a black woman who has learned and studied, who is unshakable in her matriarchal truth, that's a dangerous bitch. That's some dangerous shit. So what I do is keep the masculine. I keep the sword up. The sword is always up and the sword is always ready. And that can be confusing to people sometimes, especially when you see it coming from a woman and from a woman who is black and from a woman who says and shows that she loves Black women and Black womanhood and womanhood, period, as much as she is willing to hold Black women and womanhood, period, accountable for their role in the destruction of not only the matriarchy, not just the woman and the child, but of all living things. The way that we live is very disjointed. It's disconnected from nature. It's disconnected and disjointed from our nature. And the more work that we do to bring that reality into some form of harmony, um, even just admitting to it and being willing to ask ourselves questions so that we can learn more and develop ourselves along the way, it's very, very powerful stuff. Your questions are supposed to lead you on a journey somewhere. And I don't think that we women are asking the right questions. We're asking questions. We're not asking the right questions. The right questions should be bringing you um, into DNA explosions, into greater awareness of yourself, and into greater awareness of not just your power but your purpose. What is your purpose on this planet? It has to be something more than the domestic and sexual services that you can, will, or won't provide to men and their legacies. It has to be something more that defines you as a woman, as a female, as the feminine, than that. And that's what I am here challenging us to do. That's what the lesson even of Angry Divas has been for me, learning greatly how to channel, tap into, and be comfortable with standing in the masculine, in the divine. Not the toxic masculine. Who exists just to keep the feminine beaten and small enough to fit into his patriarchal world. So now she's wounded, hurting, jacked up, forgot who she is, lost access to her power and her gnosis, and he likes her that way. The diminished, the toxic masculine likes the feminine to be wounded because when the feminine is wounded, hurting, and jacked up, she fits right into this master plan of male global domination. And male power as domination over the womb, because he who controls the womb controls the world. Mm-hmm. Women have babies when men say, how men say, under what conditions men say. They raise those babies according to the ways that men have trained them to relate to their children. They teach them what men have deemed as important for children to know in the form of religion and in the form of academia. Whatever men say is what it is. I got a little controversial phrase I like to use where I say that a lot of these women are bringing cum drops to us and pretending that it's manna from heaven. Say it all the time. And the reason that I say this is because we have to know the difference. We do. You have to know the difference between manna from heaven, which is sustaining, it's food, it's sustenance. It was created to sustain and maintain you, and something that was not created to sustain and maintain you. I don't care how much the scientists try to tell you that sperm is protein, it's not food, I don't want it in my body, no thanks. <laughs> and I want us to come away from that sort of thinking. So, all right, let's go ahead on and talk about Naomi and Ruth now. I know y'all have heard enough of me. Um, I said to you that today we were going to be talking about Ruth and Naomi, and uh, I think I'm going to stick to it. I guess I could stick to it. Yeah, I think I'll stick to it. So this is one of the stories in the Bible that has been very interesting for me throughout my development, Um, you know, just as a woman. um, Of course, you all know my history. I started out as a Christian. Um, I was, of course, taken into the church and raised to be um, a believer in and follower of Christ. And my, my origins, my earliest life memories involved the black church, it involves, um, you know, our customs, our spiritual customs, and even asking questions about those things and trying to figure out where I fit in. You know, it was kind of hard to, to find, I guess, a place for me, even in studying these women in the Bible, which I did extensively. Um, I remember asking all of the elder mothers in our church to, you know, get, let me know what scriptures, who are the women of the Bible, tell me about them, um, and not just the men, not just Mary, mother of Jesus, and Elizabeth, her cousin, and them, okay, not just Lilith, and Eve, and them, not just, you know, Hagar, and Sarai, but the Richard Endor, why was Naomi such a big figure in Ruth story? Who the heck was Deborah? Deborah, in the age of the patriarch, the raping, murdering, genocidal patriarch that we call the Christian in the Bible, how was Deborah able to be the judge, the only female judge mentioned in the Bible? How did that happen? These were the things that intrigued me and interested me. And so – One of the things that I remember during my study and, you know, all of my looking into things is being very interested in Naomi. Naomi had two sons. Those two sons got married to women. Both of those sons died for whatever reason and purpose. We're not going to get into it. We only got five minutes on the clock. Both of her sons died, so now she's not only widowed, but she's widowed. Um, She's got no sons, and her daughters-in-law are also widowed. So Naomi starts to coach Ruth the way that so many of our mothers have coached us and the art of mate selection. Some of your mothers did not coach you, and I apologize to you for that. She's done you a great disservice. But, look, you can stay stuck and focused on that, or you can choose to align yourself with people who know more. I do all kinds of readings on, um, in the areas of love and romance and such, relating and mating, And so invest in yourself, honey. You can learn something different, and you can make different and better choices that yield the kind of result that you actually want. So Naomi prepared her daughter. And I'm going to talk about Ruth in particular. The other one, we'll talk about her another day. She told Ruth exactly what to do to get the attention of Boaz. And if I remember correctly, wasn't Boaz like a miller or like a grain person, something like that, the grain brusher or some shit like that? And so she sent her to work in his field. Here's what you do at this time. Here's how you dress. Here's how you act. Here's what you do to use and tap into your feminine frequency to get this man not just to notice you, but to notice your value and to be invested in that value and the preservation of it, the maintenance of it, and the resuscitation of her value. Because in those days, to be widowed was not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, Winning treat widows nice things. We've come a long way. We're still not as great as we could be to widows, but we've come a long way from where it was. And so Naomi was instrumental in passing on the lessons of the matriarch to her daughter, Ruth. Although they did not come from the same house, they were not blood relatives, Ruth married into her family. Naomi still acted as the matriarch. She still behaved according to what her title and authority was. Whether that title was given to her or it was just her natural office by her anointing and not by any appointing, Naomi definitely did her duty to teach those women how to preserve themselves, how to get themselves protection, proper protection in the form of, you know, a husband, in the form of someone who would be a provider, in the form of someone who would be the father of her children and a spiritual guide and leader and all of this here. And something that I see a lot of in the Christian world is preachers saying shit like, wait for your Boaz. Let me tell you something. Ruth didn't wait. Naomi didn't wait. They were not in there at the side of the road in front of Boaz's house smiling at him as he went off to work every day. Those women were crafty. They got to work They organized and developed a strategy and a plan, and they executed it, and that is how Ruth got Boaz. It had nothing to do with waiting. It had nothing to do with waiting on the Lord to make a provision for you. These women were the Lord, and the Lord means the law, for those of you who are new to me and or just ain't been paying damn attention. The Lord, the only Lord, is the law, whatever the law is the law of nature, the law of spirit, the law of magic, whatever the law is, that is the only true Lord. So they weren't waiting on the law or the Lord. They were evoking and invoking the Lord or the law. They were doing work ritualistically. Ritualistically. I had a sister ask me about a ritual the other day, and she said, you know, is this a ritual? I said, well, sis, why not? You get up and take a shit every day. Is that not a ritual? Huh? Is it not? Every morning when you rise, you get up and you go to the bathroom and you release your bowels. You relieve yourself of all of the waste and all the things that no longer are providing sustenance to you. You've taken all of the value that you can from that thing. Your body's broken it down and processed it, and now it is literally excrement. It is waste. It is something that needs to be removed from your body. It's no longer feeding you. It's no longer serving you. It has served its purpose. It has given up the ghost and died in your intestinal tract, and now it is time for it to drain out of your bladder. Everything in this world, that's everything in this life, everything. What once served a purpose, when that purpose has been served, that thing is now dead and gone, and something new must be put in its place. Naomi, had her sons go out and find queens, and they married them. For whatever reason, those sons died. We will to talk about it here. Those women, that purpose that those men served in their life was dead and gone. They no longer had husbands. They could not call themselves wives. That part was now a, a form of waste. So they needed to bring in something new, something else, something different to fill that space to replace what was once there, something greater even than what once was in that place of husband. And in order to do that, in order to make any change in your life, you have to change what you do. I have people who come to me all the time, and they're asking me about their future, and, um, you know, of course, they they want sessions with the Oracle, and I'm happy to oblige. But they come back in two months, three months, for another reading, and shit changed. You know why it ain't changed? You have done nothing. You've done none of the work that the Oracle has recommended to you. How can there be a new future if you've not changed your right now? This is not how this has ever worked in any realm or arena. If you want a new right now, sitting and waiting for somebody else to do it is not the way to get it. You see, in the church, they taught us God helps them who help themselves. Huh. That's what I know, baby, and that's what I live on. I'm Triple Dark Goddess, and this has been another Bitch House production, the Angry Divas radio show. I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in, and make sure that you're in here tomorrow. We're going to talk about yet another powerful biblical queen, and I'm very excited about that. We'll see y'all in here tomorrow.